Viewpoint on Mormonism, the program that examines the teachings of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints from a biblical perspective. Viewpoint on Mormonism is sponsored by Mormonism Research Ministry. Since 1979, Mormonism Research Ministry has been dedicated to equipping the body of Christ with answers regarding the Christian faith in a manner that expresses gentleness and respect. And now, your host for today's Viewpoint on Mormonism. Our thanks to Adams Road Band for that musical introduction. Welcome to this edition of Viewpoint on Mormonism. I'm your host, Bill McKeever, founder and director of Mormonism Research Ministry, and with me today is Eric Johnson, my colleague at MRM. This week we've been looking at an article that came out in the April 2023 edition of the Liahona Magazine titled Making Easter a Time to Remember the Savior. It was written by two BYU professors, Eric D. Huntsman and Trevin G. Hatch. The statement that stood out to us was a comment made by the authors that said, While Latter-day Saints do not normally display many images of the suffering or crucifixion of Christ, this is a day when displaying such art might be appropriate. And we've been asking the question here is, well, why only at this time of year when Christians are going to celebrate Easter is, is this now an appropriate time to uh, recognize the symbolism of the cross and the crucifixion? Because that doesn't seem to be something that has been a part of at least recent Mormon history. Now, we've been looking also at an article that was on LDSLiving.com titled, What Church Leaders and Church History Teach About Wearing and Displaying the Cross. This article was written by John Hilton III, who's also a Brigham Young University professor, and as I've said this week, I, I appreciate a lot of what John Hilton has to say regarding his own church's history, and what I would have to say is his admission that there were leaders who were very negative when it came to the wearing of the cross as a Christian symbol. Now, in yesterday's show, we cited from his piece where he talks about Gordon B. Hinckley and the comment that he made when asked by a Protestant minister why Latter-day Saints don't use the image of the cross. And we've talked about this statement from Hinckley many times on this show, but the part that stands out is where Hinckley says, but for us, the cross is the symbol of the dying Christ, while our message is a declaration of the living Christ. John Hilton seems to take that answer as he's not really condemning it. He's not necessarily encouraging it. We tend to disagree with that conclusion because we think that when Hinckley's talks about others wearing the cross on their vestments and imprint on their books and their literature, when Hinckley says, but for us, it sounds like he's making a clear distinction. We're not going to do that. We are not going to use the cross because, as he says, it's a symbol of a dying Christ, while our message is a declaration of a living Christ. Now, that statement, John Hilton is going to explain, but you and I both agree, Eric, that when he explains it, he seems to be reading into Hinckley's statement something that you and I are not reading. What does he say in that next paragraph? 
President Hinckley's statement emphasizes the worship of the living Christ, the importance of which cannot be overstated. At the same time, if we as members insist that the cross must exclusively represent a dying Jesus Christ, we ignore the fact that this symbol, like so many others, is multifaceted. Symbols permit, even invite, layers of meaning. Now, I would agree with that statement, and this is why we've said earlier in this week, though we do see the cross as being the emblem of Christ's suffering and shame, as the hymn says, we also connect it to the resurrection. We don't take one without the other. You can't have a resurrection without a death. You can't have an atonement without a death. That's why we reject the garden atonement doctrine that the LDS Church holds to. But you also, you can't have a resurrection without a death. So we look at the two events as being ultimately important when it comes to our salvation. But I don't get the impression that somehow Hinckley was opening up the door to say, well, it's okay. I still think that when he says, but for us, he's making it very clear, we don't do that. We don't wear the cross as a symbol, and this is why we don't have crosses on our buildings. But in the next paragraph, Mr. Hilton is going to cite Eric Huntsman, who he describes as a professor of ancient scripture at Brigham Young University. Now, remember, Eric Huntsman was one of the co-authors of the article that really was the launching point of this whole series taken from the April 2023 Leahona magazine titled Making Easter a Time to Remember the Savior. What does Eric Huntsman have to say about this subject? Yeah, and he's a professor of ancient scripture at Brigham Young University, and he said, quote, I remember being surprised once when a Presbyterian friend corrected me when I told her that we preferred to worship a living rather than a dead Christ. She responded that she did too. The cross reminded Protestants that Jesus died for their sins, but it was empty because he was risen and was no longer there on it. I was chastened by her response, realizing that just as we do not appreciate others mischaracterizing our beliefs, neither should we presume to understand or misrepresent the beliefs and practices of others. Well, let me stop you there, Eric, because that statement tends to tell me, since he was basically parroting what Gordon B. Hinckley said, Hinckley was mischaracterizing what we as Christians believe? See, I would think that that's exactly what Hinckley was doing, was mischaracterizing what we believe as New Testament Christians when it comes to the symbol of the cross. It almost sounds like Eric Huntsman is agreeing with me on that one that maybe Hinckley was in fact doing that since he was using that same kind of an argument with this Presbyterian woman that he was talking to. Something that maybe Latter-day Saints need to take into account. Was Hinckley, in fact, mischaracterizing what we believe regarding the symbolism of the cross? Bill, years ago I was talking to a Latter-day Saint. We were talking about the very issue of the cross, and I found out that her opposition to the cross was that her belief was that Christians worshipped the cross. I wonder how many Latter-day Saints believe how some people might actually venerate the cross itself. And when I wear a cross around my neck, I'm certainly not venerating it in that fashion. 
I think you, you could be very right on that. Um, some could have a misunderstanding of what it means to us, and they may assume that we worship the cross, that somehow they worship Joseph Smith. Now, we wouldn't say that. There may be some who might say that, but wouldn't that also be a mischaracterization? We would agree. Yes, it would be. Latter-day Saints don't worship Joseph Smith. Nor do they worship Moroni, and yet there's a statue of Moroni on most Latter-day Saint temples. Uh, we would never, uh, we would never make that accusation, but perhaps maybe some people think they do. But that's just a symbol for them. It just as the cross is a symbol for us. In the next paragraph, Mr. Hilton goes on to say, in the 21st century, we have started to see some church leaders commenting positively on the influence that crucifixion imagery can have. Now, for me, that's quite an admission, because we've been doing this as Christians for centuries. This is nothing new for us. Why is it new for these church leaders, as Mr. Hilton is implying? They're just now coming to this realization, if this is in fact the true church, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, why have they been so slow in getting up to this point? And again, as I mentioned yesterday, wouldn't it also seem to imply that they are coming more in our direction? Remember, officially, all other churches are in a state of apostasy. In Joseph Smith's alleged first vision, he claims he was told by the two personages, God the Father and Jesus, that all the churches were wrong, their creeds were an abomination, and their professors were all corrupt. Wouldn't this seem to be somewhat of an admission, at least on the part of Mr. Hilton, who, by the way, is not a general authority in the church, so he doesn't speak for the church, but isn't it kind of an admission that his church is now coming in our direction? I'm happy to hear that. I'm not convinced that even if they were to embrace the symbolism of the cross, that that somehow makes them a Christian organization. And I think we need to be cautious and not make that conclusion should they go in that direction. There are still many, many doctrines that I think the leadership of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints need to repent over because these teachings are not in line with what the New Testament teaches us. But if they were to embrace the symbol of the cross, I wouldn't look at that so much as a negative, except for the fact that, sadly, many Christians who are not familiar with the teachings of the LDS Church might see this as somehow a reason to embrace them as fellow Christians. I don't see that at all. That, As I mentioned earlier in this week, their embracing the symbolism of the cross is not on my short list if I'm going to embrace the LDS Church as a Christian organization. That is not on my list at all. I have plenty of other things that would certainly take precedent over that. But then he's going to go on and tell this story about a 70 by the name of Elder Edward Dubay. Elder Edward Dubay of the 70 has said that one of the quote-unquote defining moments in his life occurred when he was pondering an image of the crucifixion in a Catholic church in his native country of Zimbabwe when he was 10 years old. For Elder Dubay, viewing the image of Christ on the cross was a moving spiritual experience. And what I get by this, in him including this story, is obviously John Hilton is looking at the symbolism of the cross as working in a very positive way. So even though Hinckley, earlier that he cites, would try to distance himself from that. 
John Hilton is at least being more open, and he cites this example of an LDS-70, in this case, this Elder Edward Dubé. But then he goes on to cite Elder F.N.Z.O. Bush, also of the 70, but this is the way he prefaces it. Before Elder F.N.Z.O. Bush of the 70 joined the church, he was hospitalized with a serious liver infection. Believing he was about to die, he began to panic, realizing that he had not prepared himself to meet God. He wrote, quote, On the wall of my hospital room was a cross with the crucified Christ on it. It was the only object on the wall, and as I focused upon it, I developed a tremendous hope, end quote. Remember, this takes place in Mr. Bush's life before he joins the church. I wonder what was his attitude after he joined the church and started moving up the ranks within the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints? Did Enzio Bush share more of the teachings of, let's say, a Joseph Fielding Smith that we cited earlier in the week, or maybe a Bruce McConkie that we cited earlier in the week, or even a Marvin J. Ashton that we cited earlier in the week. And all three of those men were not very positive when it came to the symbol of the cross, especially when it comes to wearing that cross around one's neck. I don't know where Bush was afterwards, but here we have a case, and I notice it had to be emphasized here that this was before he became a member of the church. That was the conclusion he took away when he saw the cross in his hospital room. Is the church going to be changing direction on this Christian symbolism? Time will tell. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information regarding Mormonism Research Ministry, we encourage you to visit our website at www.mrm.org, where you can request our free newsletter, Mormonism Researched. We hope you will join us again as we look at another Viewpoint on Mormonism. Since 1979, Mormonism Research Ministry has worked hard to equip people to understand the differences between Mormonism and the Christian faith. At MRM.org, we have dozens of articles and video resources that will educate you in a variety of ways. Or perhaps your church needs to schedule Mormonism Research Ministry to come for a live weekend presentation. Remember, we're here to equip the body of Christ. Let us know what we can do for you. Contact us through our website. Again, that's MRM.org.